Hey everyone, it's Brittany, and we are in episode 73. Welcome to the Know, Like, and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like, and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right, everyone. Today, we are talking about the perils of getting scrappy when you start your business. Probably not something you thought you'd hear, right? But it's all about online businesses having a low barrier to entry and the downside of that. So entrepreneurs seem to have this idea that everything will come easy to them. I speak as one who still sits with this idea sometimes and also as someone on the other side. I do see both perspectives. So 20, 30, 40 years ago, if you wanted to start a business, you invested a decent amount of money from rent for the storefront to business licenses, advertising your business in the newspaper to make it legit. There were a lot of costs. Heck, even 17 years ago, when I first started my photography business, I had to buy all the camera gear. And while I mostly bought gear financed by the freelance gigs I was doing, I still considered myself incredibly lucky to not need a business loan to get it all going. Most small businesses at the time required at least $10,000, all the way up to $100,000 to get going. If you were a restaurant, you were investing, you know, two hundred fifty. Like, it was easy to blow that kind of money. But it's different now. You can start an Instagram account on the laptop you already own. Hey, you can even do it with your smartphone, which is actually more powerful than the computer I had 17 years ago when I first became an entrepreneur. But there is a downside to the scrappiness. There's a downside to this lower barrier to entry. It's the idea that everything should just be that easy. Everything should just, you know, come to you. So let's backtrack a little. Our country's education system was started essentially to train small business owners like farmers and cobblers and butchers and, and maybe the small town doctor, training them to become employees. With the industrial revolution, we needed factory workers in those factories, so we needed people to play well with others. Thus, school. School was created to, yes, educate people, of course. We wanted to teach them arithmetic so they could add in the appropriate amount of molten fluid into a factory part. I don't know. I'm making things up here at this point. But point being, we needed to educate people and we needed to teach people to play well with others because they no longer had a huge field on their farm to roam free all day. They were going to be in close quarters with other people, essentially training them to be employees, to have jobs. And I know I could get into a fair number of arguments with people as I am glossing over a ton here, but basically that's what school teaches us. And then we decide, hey, I don't want to work for the man. I want to control my life and have time freedom. And I really also want to have money freedom. I want it all. But we weren't raised to do this. We weren't educated for this. Even if you're a business major, you're learning 30-year-old theory. You're being taught by professors who aren't actually in business for themselves. They're employees at the school where you're learning. I'm in a mastermind right now with a woman who actually is a marketing teacher, and she acknowledges she's teaching people 20-year-old theory from the 90s. They're graduating, and then they're trying to get a marketing job, and their employees are like, yeah, you don't have any of the skills we need you to have. Case in point, right? So I'll pose a question to you. Why do you... We, actually, 
count myself among you. Why do we think all of our business answers are just going to fall into our laps? A few weeks ago, a Facebook friend of mine who's not in the coaching world, but has been a very successful small business owner with a brick and mortar store selling digital products, she said the other day, so is everyone a coach now? Is that the new thing? And I commented, man, I hope so. They're my best clients. But she made a point, you know, to the outside world, the not online business entrepreneur world, it looks like everyone's just creating a new job and becoming a coach. But do you know why it's a thing? It's a thing because you were raised to be an employee, to have a job, and you are simultaneously told you can be anything you want to be. You at some point realize that these two often don't go together and you aren't destined to be a cubicle junkie for the rest of your life. And then you're standing there saying, so now what? All right, fast forward a bit. You've started your business, probably landed a few clients, and you're suddenly realizing how much you don't know. This is that whole conscious incompetence stage. So if you've not heard of this idea before, I'm going to give you a really quick rundown. There's four stages. Unconscious incompetency, where you don't know what you don't know. That is that friend of mine on Facebook who was like, hey, is everyone a coach now? What's up with this? Then there's conscious incompetency. You have an idea of how much you don't know. You're probably overwhelmed by it and you realize there's a ton to learn. Then there's conscious competency. You have actually gained some prowess in the skills. You're starting to like feel like you've got it and you know how far it took you to get there, but like you're doing pretty well. And then there's unconscious competency where whatever you've learned has become so innate that you kind of don't realize it took you so much to learn. You've, you've forgotten that such. And you look around wondering why everyone else doesn't know it too, because it's just that easy. A lot of our innate gifts, a lot of those things that are like our natural talents fall into this area. But that's not where we are right now. We're talking about when you've just started a business and you realize how much you don't know. That's the conscious incompetence. You started a business and while you're good at the thing that you offer, whatever modality you teach, whatever service you offer, you don't know anything about all the other business aspects. You don't know which tools work best for your expertise. You don't know how to package up your services. You don't know how to create a product suite so that people move nicely along your customer journey. You might not even know what a customer journey is. And you don't know how to use social media to gain clients. And this right here is where the big downside to that low barrier to entry comes in. You either realize this right away and you start investing heavily in coaching for your weakness areas, consulting to get your business up to speed, tools you need to run your business, or you wallow. You think you should have all the answers, that it shouldn't be this hard. If I'm so good at X, why is my business not happening? Why is it not flourishing? And you know there's something wrong. You know there's a missing link. So you start downloading all the freebies and then you feel disgusted when you still can't figure things out from that information alone. And you start to realize that low barrier to entry isn't a low barrier at all. It just shifted the barrier down the road a bit. So instead of the exercise instructor that 20 years ago had to either get hired at 24-hour fitness as an employee or invest in their own private gym with all the equipment and the overhead of a small business owner with a brick and mortar, now you can buy a domain and create a website for 100 bucks and be up and running in a day. But I think we're past the days of thinking, if you build it, they will come, is true. The barrier to entry isn't there anymore, but the barrier to sustaining your business, it is. It's either time or money. It's usually both. And at first, it's a whole lot of it. So 20 years ago, the barrier was money and you still had to invest a lot of time. Today, the barrier is time and you still have to invest a lot of money. 
Let's break this down in an example. You're a Pilates instructor teaching fitness classes you can do in your own home. You buy a domain, set up your social media, and then you start fiddling, trying to figure out how that social media is going to work. And then suddenly you're spending four hours a day, quote unquote, engaging on Instagram and Facebook groups to gain clients. You're thinking, of course, there has to be another way. You shouldn't have to spend half a day trying to get clients. Okay, so four hours a day, spending half a day doing that, it's not sustainable. But if you aren't going to pour money into advertising, social media is the free alternative. The key, of course, and I'm glossing over a ton here again, is being efficient with your time, setting timers so you don't aimlessly scroll, making it work for you, learning how to attract that client so they find your profile by using appropriate tools, whichever social media platform you are using. But again, you have to learn that along the way through careful testing or paying someone to teach you. And now we've just come full circle. You're either going to have to put the time in or you're going to have to throw some money at it. If you're starting scrappy, throwing money is probably not an option. This all leads to showing up. You're going to pay with either time or money and paying with time has the added benefit of giving you immediate client feedback. Clients aren't just going to fall into your lap. And I know, I know, wouldn't it be nice if they did? I feel the same way we all have at one time or another. But truth, they won't. You have to show up for them. Let them gently know they have a problem. Be there to prove you are the person who can guide them to the solution or can solve it for them. And then, you know, do that. So are your offers hitting the mark? Do you know their deepest desires? Do you know their biggest fears, their greatest anxieties? Showing up will not only clue you in, it'll get you a step closer to clients coming to you rather than you searching for them. This is what showing up and investing the time does for your business. It eventually does lead to a phase when you no longer have to spend all your time on social media. But just like starting a brick and mortar juice bar requires a ton of overhead upfront for space, equipment, employees, starting an online business requires an upfront investment of time. So next time you're in a Facebook group and you are searching for your best client's pain point and it's something along the lines of, I wish I didn't have to spend all my time on social media to find clients. You can feel the same way that I do. In one vein, I want to applaud them and in the other, I want to shake them profusely. Applaud them because they realize that's not the most efficient use of their time and it's not their zone of genius. And then shake them because you can't have your cake and eat it too. You're going to have to invest time and money, usually both. And if you're starting scrappy, what you have is time. Even if you feel like you don't have time, you don't have time not to, right? So there is an idea out there. A lot of entrepreneurs have this idea that things should just come easy to them. They've decided they're not going to work for the man. They're not going to be a job person. They're going to buck the system. Bucking that system has a price to pay. And if it's not going to be the multiple tens of thousands of dollars of investment to get your business up and running like it used to be, it's going to be something else. It's up to you. All right, guys, next week, I have a spectacular guest, Anne Bello, coming on the show. We have a great conversation all lined up for you guys. I hope you enjoyed that message. I would love to ask something of you, and that is to review the show. If you are finding value in the show, the guests that come on, the solo episodes that I do, I would love for you to hop on over to iTunes, leave me an honest five-star review, tell me and other listeners what you have gained most from listening in to the show. I so appreciate it and talk to you guys next week. Bye.